Welcome back to Marvel News Desk, your best place for all the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning Marvel films and TV shows. Uh, we've got our usual crew. We've got Adam. We've got Rhiannon. I'm Caleb. Yeah. I thought for our opening like bit of talk, Adam, I think you and I have both got the same comic re- recommendation for this week. I actually bought a comic at the store. And it was strange. Straight, did you do it? Strange Academy. Academy. What'd you think? It's What'd so think? good. It's it, isn't it? I loved good. it. I loved it. I loved it so so much. I didn't think I would, and I loved it. I actually, my personal trainer said he's bringing it to me next week. So. Oh really? It's very good. It's surprisingly good. Yeah, I was thinking it would feel a little like Harry Potter recycled, but it doesn't. So that's good. And they even uh, kind of I, I mean, they acknowledge it, even you know, right. Right. I'm surprised how little it feels like the X-Men. Like, I figured it'd be like a Xavier-type academy, but it I didn't get X-Men vibes at all. I am totally sold. What's the uh, Frost Giant's name? Goose Log or something? Yeah, and they just call him Gus. Yeah, Gus and uh, Doyle. Oh, man, Doyle's going to be great. I want to yeah. see the explanation behind a Dormammu offspring, but I'm sure we'll get it. I think my favorite thing about it is that nothing, like, there's not a huge fight in it. Like, there's a little bit of action-y stuff, but they really just were like, hey, here's the characters, let's get them moving into school, let them get, you know, let's, like, let you know who they are. Surprise, surprise, I have the opposite opinion of Rob Liefeld, that I don't think, (laughs) I don't think comics are good when it's just action, action, action. Like, I think you need down issues where people are just like hanging out and playing cards or something, you know, like you have to have the character development. So when there's action, it means something. So now is this, is this something you would let one of your kids read or look at? I mean, it's not super, super at all. Yeah, I think it would. Um, so it's rated T plus, which usually is, you know, like I don't read comic ratings that much, but usually that'd be a little older than we'd have our kids read. Right. Gotcha. I think the biggest thing will be, I just don't know how much kind of like sexuality there will be, you know, like right. I could see it developing where they've got kids hooking up in the dorm in the first oh, totally. six issues. Right. And yeah. I, you know, I just probably would not be passing that on to our, our nine year old, but totally gotcha. Smart move. Good parenting. We'll, we'll find out in 20 years if, you know, they came out all right or not, but <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this episode, we're going to kind of talk about a lot of different little news things because uh, I think there's a lot of things we can talk about for 10 minutes. I don't know if there's anything we could talk about for 20 minutes. The first thing that I almost hate to talk about because I'm tired of talking about it, but we kind of have to, is uh, the effects of coronavirus on the MCU. So there are several ways that the COVID-19 thing that's going around the planet is going to affect Marvel. I think we're going to try to stick to how it affects our MCU experience. But the first thing would be there's questions about Black Widow. So if you've not heard this week, uh, the people at MGM and Sony decided to delay uh, the new Bond movie until November to try to avoid backlash and financial losses from the the coronavirus going around. Uh, And immediately then people are looking to Black Widow because that's really the next big tentpole after Bond that would potentially move. Uh, do you guys have thoughts on if they should, or if you would want them to move black widow? When was bond supposed to be released? April, April 4th? 4th. First okay. weekend in April. All right. 
Wow. I I assumed from that news that it was much more imminent. Um, okay, so I suggested we just hit this topic straight front because everybody I know tries to talk about other things and I bring it all back to this coronavirus thing. Um, <laughs> and I, I knew I would end up doing that today anyways. There's a big difference in my mind between April and May this year because Black Widow has come out beginning of May, right? I think May 1st is the date, yeah. Yeah. So what we have right now is a rapid spreading unknown. Like the I I one week ago I was in Disney World and nobody there seemed to give a hoot. Like people were not washing their hands, everybody was in a tight crowd, a little kid was coughing all over me. Nobody seemed upset at all. I feel like if I was there this week, there would be a different attitude. Uh, you know, the news is changing rapidly. The fear is increasing rapidly. A lot of what the fear is on this is unknowns. We don't know if we trust the information we've gotten so far out of China or wherever. We don't know how far this is truly spread. We don't know how contained it really is. I feel like eminent events, like festivals in March... You know, major releases. I mean, I think that's kind of early for Bond, but maybe, you know, there's stock, you know, the stock market's tanking. I think there's a big difference between what's going on in the next month and what's going on two, three, four months from now. I think Disney will watch and figure out what's going on. But at this point, I don't think we should expect a Black Widow delay. And who knows? Maybe if the buzz for Black Widow is bad, they'll keep Black Widow where she is and then blame low viewership on this. PR. I would say quickly, if you're thinking to yourself, oh, this is just some idiots on a podcast talking about this. There's two idiots talking about this. But Rhiannon actually, like, dealing with emergency (laughs) situations is something that she professionally does. So... (laughs) I, I, I think I, of you I, as a hurricane I, person more than a disease person, but I guess you handle it all, right? Well, um, I mean, so, so yeah, I work in disaster recovery. Very little of what I'm talking about comes from, I mean, there's no official word from my work. None right, of right, this right. is officially for, you know, there's, but there, I, I, but yes, I've been following it very carefully. I have a little bit of career experience in continuity planning, which is, you know, like, how are you? And I did that. Um, back in the day, following the swine flu, I think we have one of those, one of the previous like big scares like this, because you know, we've gone through several big scares like this. And, you know, there is a lot as far as corporations and um, not just corporations, but like your water utilities, your electric company, all of them keeping running when people are out. So I have a yeah, yeah. I mean, I have been watching it from a professional standpoint. I don't have access to anything. Other people don't. I mean, I really think right now, I mean, and, and this is me, but yeah, I think everybody's just scared of the unknown. There's a lot of unknowns of this, and I don't think it's wrong for people, when you're scared of the unknown, to lead towards the extreme of protect yourself. Everybody's health and goals in life are different. Oh! <laughs> Fogwell's gym that. just tried to take Rhiannon out, for yeah, those who are I not that. watching I the video. That would happen sometime. I, I haven't, well, yeah, that's a whole other story. Um, I was waiting to see if I was renewing my lease to mount that more permanently. Um, I mean, like everybody's life goals and everything are different. Um, but as far as, you know, back to this, I do see con attendance being very low. I think 
I, you know, I, I, I don't know. Going to the movies, like that's an interesting one. Like if people will go to the movies less because the movie feels like a big gathering of people. But you kind of do have your personal space these days, especially in the good theaters that have the big recliner seats. You're not really breathing a lot of other people's air. So I think they'll also know, you know, let's say they need to make this decision a month out if they're going to move Black Widow. In the next month, they'll know if people stop going to movie theaters. Adam, you have thoughts on delaying this movie or not? I have zero thoughts. I'm delaying this movie? I mean, maybe. I don't think... I mean, they delayed Mulan in China, right? Well, yeah. all um, I think all Chinese theaters are shut down right now. But, well, like, China's yeah, right. kind of... Yeah, like, they have... It's a different situation in China. So, I don't know. I'm not... Sh- that's the thing. So, we talk about PR and stuff, and I'm not sure if... I think Bond was... Might be using this as a crutch. All right, I don't think are many people excited about Bond. I don't know. They've they've had a couple misses recently. I, I didn't know it was coming out, but it's a month away. So like, maybe this was smart to move it this early, so they didn't do all of the big budget advertising. Right. I mean, if they move Black Widow from May to December, that would be like earth shattering stuff on this podcast, right? Well, but also, so, I mean, theoretically, everything's going to tie in, and they won't have to move the Disney Plus shows. So if Black Widow is something that needs to be seen before you see all of these other things, they can't delay it to December. Right. I'll tell you how little I care about Black Widow. There was a clip going around Twitter last night, and some people thought it was... A new clip, it had like Japanese subtitles on it. I'm not sure if you two have seen it. And I'm looking through this, I'm like, this is all new footage. What the heck? You know, why hasn't this been released or no one's written about it online or whatnot? Um, But then it was the same exact footage as like that extended look. That was a trailer, but they didn't call it a trailer. And you forgot. So that is how much, (laughs) and I totally forgot. I'm like, every single frame in this clip is new. Um, but it wasn't, and it was something that came out three months ago. So that's how much I care about Black Widow at the current moment. Yeah. I think one of the big differences is Disney's kind of playing with house money at the box office. Like they've had so much success with Marvel that even if they took a hundred million dollar hit by putting this out at a time where people are worried about it, it's not going to sink Disney. Whereas there's real talk that if this Bond movie flops, the MGM may just like shutter up as a studio and just give up making movies. And so I think that's a big difference. I also think that this is probably going to help Black Widow a bit. I mean, I didn't think about it till I saw someone else talk about it on Twitter, but James Bond was a spy movie that was coming out within four weeks of Black Widow. And if it had come out, there would have been people like, oh, another spy movie. I don't know if I want to see this. But now it's like nothing decent's going to come out in the month of April. And by early May, people are going to be begging for something decent to go see at the movie theaters, you know? So it's kind of this interesting scarcity deal that the more movies that drop out, particularly if some in May, like Fast and Furious drop out as well, Disney could kind of just scoop up that like pent up demand of people that want to go to a movie and can't because everything's getting pushed. 
And then we can turn around and blame Disney for being um, a crucial part of spreading the. What? Well, yeah, right. What? What's the technical name? C O V I D. COVID. COVID. Yeah. yeah, novel coronavirus yeah. nineteen. Yeah, the history books right. would call it the Black Widow virus because <laughs> incredible, right. incredible movie attendance in that weekend spiked the outbreak. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I, I tell you from having been in Orlando last weekend, Disney is definitely responsible for spreading this disease. Well, it's <laughs> right. It, it, it's been interesting to me where everybody goes with assuming what's going to happen. I cannot see them closing the parks. Well, they've hardly ever done it. They've done it for a day or two yeah. because of hurricanes. Like for a hurricane. But that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the main reason I would see them closing the parks is if they have so many mem- staff members, cast members that are ill that they can't actually run the park. And even then I see them having like reduced operations. All right. The other way this may touch the MCU, there have been rumors going around that the plot of Falcon and the winter soldier is somehow surrounding potentially some kind of virus or some kind of weaponized biological thing. And there have been stories that the writer's room is like, maybe trying to find ways to like easily tweak the script so it's not uh seen as kind of offensive or poorly timed. Uh we talked about this with Punisher, they delayed Punisher after a shooting. I feel like this is maybe different. Would it bother you to see a Falcon and Winter Soldier that like was talking about a biological agent at a time when we've had a disease like this or is that different? I think it would be risky. Right, the thing I don't get it. I mean, they're almost done filming. They're mainly done. So you're telling me that this is changing now. When did this change? Was it just like a, was it like a crossbones type incident where it was like the opening, uh, what do you want to call it? The first act of an episode or something. And then they thwart it and that's it. Or was it, it couldn't have been an actual eight episode arc. But then again, what they moved production to the Czech Republic? Yep. Maybe they cut it. Maybe they did. I. Oh, did they move the Puerto Rico stuff? Yeah, that's done, done. I think they're not doing that ever, are they? Yeah, it's all happening in the Czech Republic now instead of Puerto Rico. Which means we have a big like cast and crew going to the Czech Republic at a time that like people are nervous right. about travel restrictions and stuff like that. <laughs> This is the most cursed production. Like when you look at all the stuff they've had to deal with between earthquakes and virus outbreaks and they'll be happy that, when this one's over. Yeah. I hope it's not a sign of what's to come. I hope it's not forces saying, Hey, maybe you guys shouldn't make this movie because people won't like it. It's kind of superstitious, Adam. I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. <laughs> Moderate stitious. <laughs> Um, I don't want to be insensitive, but the whole virus, like, I don't know, viruses happen, like, diseases get created, and they come and they go. We've done bird flu and swine flu and SARS and, you know, West Nile, and, like, I don't know, we've had this stuff. I just don't, I don't see the sensitivity. Like, I get it when there's, like, a shooting and you don't want to put out Punisher, because you worry about the Punisher encouraging people to do a shooting. Whereas nature isn't going to watch a TV show and go like, oh, I should create a new virus now. You know, like there's just not the causality that makes me worry about it. I think it just all depends on um, how it's approached in the show and everything. One could be it's so close to what's going on right now that it feels differently than they intended. 
But it could be, yeah, it could be like, you know, somebody releasing a bio bioterrorism upon a big city or something. Be a sickness that spreads, but it feel completely different than what's happening now. And they might just be the writer's room getting together to see if there are little tweaks that need to happen. Which I hope. I mean, it would be really hard. Yeah, like Adam's saying, really hard after you have eight episodes in the can to go back and change something that maybe goes through all eight episodes. It's interesting. This has got a spoiler for Rise of Skywalker, if you don't want to be spoiled. Apparently, they didn't like. They decided really late to do the whole Ray as a Palpatine thing in that movie, and like, it got like. Apparently, it was like within a couple of months of release that they like redid a couple of scenes and added a few lines of dialogue. You know, like you can change stuff sometimes in movies. I think more than you would think because all you have to do is say it three or four times, and people have heard it. But that means all you have to do is change three or four like lines of dialogue. Yeah, but look what look at the end result. <laughs> That's true. I mean, we have to depend on the novelization for a coherent story. So I don't. Yeah, I'm not. That's it's not a good comparison. The only other uh, coronavirus related thing is we were supposed to get uh, a big announcement for the Disney Plus streaming event in the UK. And we thought we were going to get a download of new Disney Plus show stuff. Uh, Maybe even Kevin Feige was going to be present. And then that event got canceled. They said they'd be making the same announcements via social media. But I don't think we've seen a thing. Um, I don't know if there's much to talk about. But it's kind of depressing that this is... You know, we've talked about how Marvel is going to share details on stuff without waiting until San Diego... It just feels like this took away a, a weapon they had as far as doing some of that. What happens if San Diego gets canceled? We'll discuss that in a later podcast. No, um, I mean, the, the San Diego thing, um, I've started chiming in on some of the San Diego threads. You know, everybody's like, oh my god, what if they cancel it? This is March, we're recording right now on March 7th. By mid-July, my, this is Rhiannon's personal my standpoint is by mid-July, this will be something we know what it is and we know what it's like to live with it. So either we will like have societal changes where we never meet in large crowds, which capitalism will not allow, or we will learn to be in large crowds and live with... I, I mean, my personal like nihilistic view is we all already have it. It just affects some people at certain times like i mean i assume i already have it because i live in manhattan and i went to disney last week so like i wasn't licking things in order to get it like the the chicken pox parties people have but i mean i think i think it's spreading very far and by july we'll know what it's like so i think san diego is a completely different story but i did like my first thought on them canceling the the whatever it was that they were going to announce the panel um was Oh, Caleb will finally get like his live stream announcements now. Yeah, that's right. I'll finally get my YouTube event or something. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's interesting to me. Again, I am not an epidemiologist by any means, but my sense is that these things grow kind of exponentially. And so it seems like by July, we're either going to have squashed this thing and we're not worried about it anymore, or 5 billion people are going to have it. You know, like, it doesn't seem to me like, this in-between place we are now, we're like, well, if we did more, could we, like, could we squash it? 
that's not going to be a question anymore. By July, we'll know, yes, we were able to squash it, or no, we weren't, and we all ha- have it. You know, like, it doesn't seem to me there's going to be too much in between. Exactly. And that's where I'm just like, the survivors of this virus will enjoy a very nice Comic-Con. I live in a world of disasters. Quick sidebar question. Does your professional outfit have contingency plans for a zombie outbreak? Um, The CDC... Now, who does... Is it CDC? Somebody has, like, a zombie zombie apocalypse site and then they have like a little footnote at the end and they're like all these things that you would do to prepare for a zombie apocalypse will also help you in you know hurricanes and pandemics and da 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 um i work in recovery so i don't know what plans are out there for the planning side but i can almost guarantee you there are no zombie apocalypse plans we're, makes sense. I mean, makes sense. I mean, we're doing good enough to be prepared for pandemics. And... Well, I was about to say, it doesn't seem like we're super prepared for this. So... <laughs> I, again, stories for when we're not recording. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, well, since we recorded last, uh, another terrible thing happened. Bob Iger stepped down as the CEO of Disney. He is staying on as chairman emeritus or something i don't know he's still going to be around to work on the creative side for the next uh almost two years until december 2021 uh there's been lots of people reacting i mean a lot of people started pulling their hair out on twitter when it happened uh do you guys have any concerns for marvel if bob Iger is not in place not until january 1st 2022 so I mean, this new guy—I forgot—I forgot the new guy's Bob Chapek. You name Bob, Bob Chapek. He still reports to Bob Iger through the end of Iger's term or whatever his contract. But it also does say how much the company does value Iger's check signing, I guess, when it comes to the creative stuff or his decision making, um, which makes me uneasy about. Um, this new guy they brought the so so Chapek does have a background in entertainment too so maybe that's a little bit unfair for me because wasn't he was involved in studios and home entertainment prior to moving over to parks I think yeah my understanding is the only thing he hasn't done at Disney is direct to consumer video so like um, right. m- meaning like st- uh, video on demand right. so. Disney Plus would be the big, the biggest thing, blind right? spot, in and that's that's I guess that's what surprised me because you read the rap and stuff, and the rap does this huge piece on how Bob's grooming this Kevin Meyer guy who does direct to consumer to uh, take his spot, which makes sense as big as Disney Plus is eventually going to be, but hmm, they'll figure it out. I mean, the worst that could happen is it crashes and burns, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I guess. I mean, it's not the end of the world, is it? To me, the most surprising thing about this news is that, like, no, there doesn't seem to be much to talk about it. Like, I expected all kinds of think pieces and conspiracy theories and later news coming out, you know, like that there was some scandal or that he had cancer or something, and there was none of that. Yeah, I think some of it is if you've been paying attention to listen to Bob Iger talk, he wants to retire and hang out with his grandkids. Like he's been talking about that a lot in the media. And I think people were shocked that at some point he finally said, no, I'm done. I don't want to do this forever. You know, like I'm only going to live so long and ugh, 
The only thing I have seen is that he might consider running for president at some point. Because uh, apparently he's got some political uh, leanings and activity. But Wasn't this announcement on a Monday? It's like he had a bad like start to the week. And he's like, you know what, I'm... I'm just done with it. I mean, the, it was a Tuesday. A Tuesday. I know because it was, I got the flu that day and I was barfing. Oh, no. Very nice. I was in bed thinking about Bob Iger all day. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, we've known this was going to happen. He was already supposed to be done, except Fox happened and that's what extended him. So it's just the very abruptness, but I guess there's no other good way to do that. Well, I think the other major positive thing about this is Bob Iger is staying around for creative stuff. And nobody has said this, but reading between the lines, I almost see it as like Iger's looking at and he's like, all right, we got to set up phase four of the MCU. We need to help Kathleen Kennedy figure out what the heck they're doing over at Star Wars. You know, like I almost see him like looking at their big pieces and going, all right, let's spend the next year and a half like really honing down where these guys are going so that when I leave, they're on, you know, instead of like particular Star Wars, instead of like, hey, I'm gone. Good luck. I've left nothing behind. The fact that Iger is spending more time on creative stuff and less time on business decisions, I think can't be bad for us as content consumers. Right. Even more surprising was Kevin Feige was a named CEO to complete his whole right. house of cards you know, rise, but you've got to think Feige is effectively the C like, I don't know if you're Bob Chapek, are you going to like walk into Kevin Feige's office and tell him what to do? If you're smart, you just let that man do whatever he wants. I don't know. Maybe has Chapek has this like grudge against comic book movies. There, there was this moment growing up where he's like, I'm swearing off comic books forever. <laughs> And now he's finally CEO of Disney. And the moment Bob Iger leaves, he's going to be like, enough with Marvel Studios. Yeah. I just think, yeah, he probably likes money too much, though. Probably. I'm sure he gets healthy bonuses and things of that nature. Uh, The next bit of news, uh, I don't know if this is news. There's something that Charles Murphy wrote that I thought would be interesting to talk with, particularly for you, Rhiannon. Um, The idea is we're seeing where a bunch of these Disney Plus shoots all of a sudden are getting shifted back. And what Charles is hearing is that Marvel Studios gave themselves more time than they needed to put out these TV shows. This goes to, like, does Feige know how to make a TV show? There was kind of this sense that, like, Captain, uh, we've mentioned Falcon and the Winter Soldier, everything's gone wrong and they're still on schedule. And so now it seems like they're pushing back some of the timelines on this stuff because they realize they have more time to make these things than they they thought is there any i mean i don't know i don't have a question of this is that interesting at all to you the idea that feige is learning on the fly some of this stuff well i mean i think when the schedule for the tv shows came out we all scratched our heads because it was like you don't need a month per episode for this stuff like that's not the tv pace and it was kind of obvious that he was looking at a movie schedule type of filming. But all of those things work together. Like, schedule and budget come together. So I don't... I wonder if they've also cut the budgets. Or if they're coming in massively under budget. I mean, because, like, a week of filming, if they're coming in a week early, you're saving that week of filming money. But yeah, Feige doesn't know how to do TV. 
let him figure it out before he moves into the adult-oriented shows. But please, dear God, move to adult-oriented shows. I thought you'd get a kick out of, like, actual evidence that, like, that the folks at Marvel Studios are going, oh, TV's different. We we, we don't know what we're doing here. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I got kind of some of that... Um... You know, when we very, very, very first started looking at this, I, for an example, because I knew it was in development, I looked at Chernobyl, where that was a person that makes movies first effort at TV. And Chernobyl turned out to be really, really good. Um, You know, taking the movie approach to a television show turned out really well. Um, So I, I, some of my little like uh, umbrage to that whole situation left because they you know that worked out well um so if they wanted to make these tv shows with a movie mindset and make it work um but there were also some creative decisions behind chernobyl that made it better whereas they actually cut an episode out and made it five episodes instead of six and everything but i i mean i want everything to be successful but yeah, television is different, and I hope the main result of this is that they're just able to make more television. Adam, has it been exhausting for your work, writing up articles about filming dates? <laughs> it's, it's, no, it's horrible. And uh, So you dropped an interesting word, which is evidence, um, which I'm not convinced any of this would be evidence. It's, 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 it speaks to the current landscape of this scooper fan blog type stuff, right? This this isn't the last time we're going to be talking about this. These production dates are going to change several more times before they go on, right? Like, for whatever reason, they, they keep Hawkeye's the go-to series, um, and Disney had had enough of it at this point, and flat out sent a press release out to or a statement to outlets say no we're still doing hawkeye as planned um so i don't know it's we we always have to use some skepticism when looking at all this stuff right because there's been instances where where other scoopers fool other scoopers with false information and and maybe Marvel's leaking false information or maybe casting agents get false information or I'd never thought in my life I would be a fake news type person, but it's just so damn exhausting when it comes to this stuff that we don't know if it's right. I mean, we've seen, we've seen little that, um, we've seen little, I'm not going to say evidence again. We've seen, yeah, we've seen little evidence. I mean, they don't know what they're doing, I guess, right? Well, more than that, they're just, they're, they're being flexible. Like, they're making changes as they have to. Right. Especially if these run times are 20 minutes, 28 minutes, like The Mandalorian. Can you imagine taking one month to film 27 minutes? You know, I mean, it's the thing. What's These shows better be deeper than The Mandalorian. That's that almost seems like the route they're going. They they wanted, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, Anthony Mackie did drop it in an altered carbon interview that um, they were six to eight hours. 
But then again, I'm not sure if he they actually know what's going on either. Um, so, yeah, I don't know, man. Maybe there's all sorts of production woes. It, it seems like Hawkeye, then another one that's coming up is, is She-Hulk, right? That went from July to November or something? Well, yeah, it feels like I'm watching a horse race. Like, earlier on this year, what we kept getting confused about was we heard nothing about Hawkeye... But we had Miss Marvel starting in April and She-Hulk starting in July and Moon Knight had a writer's room. But now in the last month, I think all three of those shows have shifted back to the second half of the year. And Hawkeye, we'll talk about right. in a minute, seems to be shifting up. And so, like, it really does feel like the Kentucky Derby where, like, you have different horses that, like, race out ahead and then fall back to the pack. And we really don't know what's coming out when. What doesn't make sense to me is them intentionally delaying production right if i'm a disney plus content head i am wanting them to rush through as much mm-hmm. production as possible e- even if they have to sit on it for a year if they have to sit on she hawk and squeeze it in and 2020 sometime you know sit on the content for Look at Warner Brothers and the Suicide Squad. They're going to be sitting on that movie for 14 months or so. It doesn't come out till next August. Isn't there leak damage, like danger of leakage, though, there where like the longer it sits on the shelf, the longer there's a chance somebody leaks stuff from it? I'm sure. I, I don't know. There's uh, there's been a substantial amount of leaks from the Suicide Squad already, but not not like plot wise or anything more like character looks and things like that. But I don't. It just doesn't make sense for me to say, "Oh, these shows don't take so long, so let's keep pushing this back." Kurt, I mean, obviously Marvel Studios has the volume to crank these out, right? So I don't get why they would intentionally delay production just because it doesn't take as long. It does seem to suggest to me that there is some kind of intricacy of how they fit together. You know, like specifically um, WandaVision and Loki and Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. I think those things fit together in a certain way that like the idea of like, oh, hey, we're ahead. We'll, 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 we'll release Loki earlier is not really an option because it has to sit chronologically in the right, you know, like time frames between those other two for the story to make sense. Like, there does seem to be something sequential happening, but maybe I'm just, you know, maybe I'm imagining that. But. If that's the case, I'm glad um, Kev's getting kind of his own taste of medicine with the whole TV side. Oh, so this is how it feels when someone's uh, someone's trying to make something when they don't know how it's going to connect. But things like She-Hulk, Moon Knight, Miss Marvel, I don't think those will have heavy connections to anything we've seen so far. Um, you know, save for all the Mark Ruffalo talk going on. All right, next news story. Uh, speaking of She-Hulk, uh, we got some new roles this week in She-Hulk. They're like lawyery people, which I don't think is surprising. Uh, also, since we podcast last, they suggested that they are looking for a Allison Brie type as uh, She-Hulk. Any thoughts on either of those bits of news? Allison Brie. Yeah, Glow Community. Oh, okay. Okay. That so that's the best part of these casting breakdowns. They say so and so types, but they don't want that 
like they don't want that person. Yeah, uh, did you see her on uh, James Corden? James Corden, right? Where she was like, "If you want an Allison Brie type, I know someone who's a lot like her." Well, exactly. Be doing the show. <laughs> um, and there was another. Where did they see? I saw a viral tweet. Some voice actor. Um, they were casting a voice actor, and they said so and so type, and the person says, "Uh, I really want to do this job, so just reach out to me." So I don't know. It's just interesting, I guess, um, that angle. I mean, we're not surprised that they're casting lawyers, are we? No. I would hope not. Yeah, it's one of those things where, like... uh, And also, I guess, Mark Ruffalo has started contract negotiations. It's kind of hard. We talked a few weeks, a month or so ago, about, like, it's gotten harder to do this podcast in these, like, in-between stages. Mm -hmm. There's news here, but there's no news here. Oh, they want an actress with comedic chops. Okay, that makes sense. Every oh, they're going to hire Marvel role. Right. They're going to hire <laughs> lawyer characters. Uh, okay. That makes sense. Mark Ruffalo will probably be in it. Yeah, I know. Okay. Uh, that, you know, like right. so many of these things are like, well, duh, that like, I just don't know. There's, you know, there's just nothing to talk about. I did find it interesting. Ruffalo flat out said Universal still has the Hulk rights though. I thought we had gotten past that. Well, some scoopers told us that we got past that. Like, right around Christmas time when they were really bored and there were no studio execs at work, so... Right. I think that that may not be true. <laughs> Apparently not. Which is a big deal for Namor, you know? Because, like, the big thing was that Hulk and Namor were back. If Namor is still in that weird situation, then we can't have a Namor solo movie, you know? But he could be in Black Panther too, which makes perfect sense. I would think at some point, if you're Universal... Don't you just sell those rights back to Marvel? Like when you look at what they did with Thor Ragnarok, where they basically made a Hulk movie and slapped the Thor name on it and like just like flanked you on like ridiculous legal grounds and screwed you out of distribution rights. At some point, don't you go, well, Marvel's got us by the balls. Why don't we just why don't we just like make some money and sell them back the distribution to Hulk? Instead of continuing to play this game where they're putting out Hulk movies and calling them something else. If I'm Universal, I'm sure Marvel's approached them and Universal probably said, okay, we'll give you these if you buy the Fast and Furious franchise for $100 billion. (laughs) So I also went to Universal last weekend. And that is the weirdest thing. Because like Universal owns the comic, like the right to make rides based on the marvel comics east of the mississippi and only certain properties yeah so do you guys have you guys been there i mean like at caleb in high school yeah so the spider-man ride you guys i thought of you i almost like like if if I, i did the special thing where i didn't have to wait in lines um because if i had had to wait in this line i would have like live videoed with you guys the Spider-Man ride at Universal, Jane, Jonah Jameson is putting you in the scoop mobile to go out and get scoops. Oh my <laughs> goodness. That's amazing. And like, as you're going through, there's like cartoon J. Jonah Jameson and he's like, you know, there's this big scoop across town. I need you, my freshest recruit, to go and get it. Because that Peter Parker's dumb. And yeah, like... It is so cheesy, and but it is all about you going out and getting scoops, and they call them scoops, and it's hilarious. And the ride was very good, too. 
but yeah i like the mechanics of that ride a lot isn't there a part where you actually feel like you're web slinging kind of yeah yeah he catches you with the web slinging and you like go through town i can't remember universal has a lot of that stuff where like you go in and they just like very they do a lot of really cool visuals like the ride may not be like it's not i grew up with like good old roller coasters that you just like get on and then like try not to throw up because it's literally throwing you off cliffs but the visuals of this were very cool and possibly gave me a lot of motion sickness. Um, I'm really excited. Disneyland is going to build a Spider-Man ride. It will be cooler. And but will it have a ru- scoop mobile? So the rumors are the way it's going to work is they're going to use like motion capture type technology or whatever. And you can make the Spider-Man like uh, web like thing with your hands. Oh, cool. And there'll be like stuff to shoot at on the like screens and the walls and stuff and you'll shoot webs just by flicking your wrist and they'll like pick up the motion of your wrist and then it'll shoot stuff based on that oh wow if that's really how it works oh my gosh the eight-year-old inside of me will be so excited over the scoop mobile <laughs> shooting stuff at the wall isn't going to give me more twitter followers caleb <laughs> <laughs> So anyways, the Scootmobile, you guys. Universal, you can go ride in a Scootmobile. Um. All right, here's a great... Uh, talking about scoops. Here's a story that's totally not true, but I still wanted your thoughts. <laughs> there were rumors a week ago that Henry Cavill might be interested in playing Wolverine. I think this no, will never happen. No, he was playing Wolverine. Was, that right. was a scoop, right? Um, um, would you guys like Henry Cavill as Wolverine? Or no, no way. <laughs> No way. I love how they chose a dude that has a hairy chest and they're like, yeah, he could be Wolverine. I mean, I I think if you showed me like Hugh Jackman in most other roles and was like, do you think he'd be a good Wolverine? I'd be like, eh. That's true. Like, Mr. Jazz Hands doesn't exactly right. Yeah. Here's the greatest showman. Let's cast him as yeah, Wolverine. Yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of these really good actors, the thing is, they can really be different when they go into their roles. I mean, let's wait and see how our Pats does as Batman. Um, or not wait and see, but I mean, I don't know. The thing about a good actor is that they can very much transform. Has there been anyone? There's been, I mean, surely those are the two biggest hollywood roles one can have right superman and wolverine uh, i think spider-man is a bigger deal batman spider-man and batman um so as a disclosure this say the people that reported this same news also reported days earlier that marvel was going to be buying dc comics <laughs> oh true so, true that just just so you uh know the, the caliber of what we're talking about yes of the reporting yeah what kills me man they think they're they think they're being, oh man, they think they're doing something. I mean, I, I hate on the aspirations of others. Are they, are they tying, are they tying that into Joey Q posting two pictures that he sketched of DC characters in the past like week? Maybe. I think so. It was based on Dan DiDio. I don't even know how to say his name. Didio? Uh, leaving. They're, they lost the co-publisher. Uh, they lost someone who's doing half a job. And Marvel's now interested in buying DC, which totally makes sense. I guess. Yeah, until like Disney stock fell by a third. Disney does irrational things when their stock is tanking. I mean, not irrational. They do big things when their stock is tanking. And I don't know if anybody's been following Disney stock, but 
it tanked by a third this week, as did most stock. The Cavill news to me just showed me how much people think differently about Wolverine than me. I don't, I don't want a guy as big as Henry Cavill. Like I really do want to see them. They'll never do it, but hire a guy who's five foot two. Like to me, the only way you keep Wolverine fresh would be to like really focus on the fact that he's this tiny little guy that's like just incredibly feisty and a great fighter. Like to me, that's way more interesting than getting another six foot three Adonis, you know? I mean, my Wolverine only has three requirements, right? Uh, The one you said five foot two, right? The second, he has to be hundreds of years old. And three, he has to have at least bone claws come out of his hands. Not even hot claws. I thought you were going to say Canadian. (laughs) No. Oh, true four. Okay, maybe Canadian. Sure. I mean, that's how wishy-washy, you know. Get one of the letter... People cast uh, Jared Kiso as Wolverine, and I'd actually like to see it. You two don't watch Letterkenny, do you? Uh-uh. Pitter-patter? No. Okay. It's a decent decent little show. It's my type of humor, so you two will probably hate it. Um, yeah, Canadian, that makes sense. I'm more kind of sold on the um, bony bones that come out of his hands, but I don't think that's doable. <laughs> Might be an unreasonable request. Uh, yesterday, Tessa Thompson said that Christian Bale is going to play a villain in Thor Ragnarok. Again, a thing we... Not Thor Ragnarok, Thor Love and Thunder. Again, a thing we kind of figured, right? The trades reported it, so... It's it, like it's the same conversation that happened when he was cast. Oh, what about Gore, the God Butcher? Or what about the Roxxon exec, you know? It's like, yeah, we know. We, we've talked about this. It's just a Watch, slow Friday afternoon. <laughs> nah, Roxxon's and Loki, judging by the set photos. Oh, really? I didn't oh, see that. Oh, we didn't talk bum, about any bum, of the set bum. photos. Speaking of the set photos. The set photos were interesting, yeah. Yeah, Lady Loki and Owen Wilson totally not playing King the Conqueror. And Loki looking like an insurance salesman or something? Yeah. Like... There's some weird looks. And Very grounded. Up. Very rainy. Very rainy. Apparently, when you mess with time, the weather messes back. You know how Thor has that whole sequence where it's like rainy and muddy, where he like tries to get into the where Coulson has the hammer, like under lockdown. Yes. Mm. Oh, if they were screwing with time and like Loki was going back to that moment somehow to like try to mess with the history of Thor, I don't think I would like that. <laughs> is Hemsworth in this in this TV series? Not that we know of. Not yet. Okay, I can't believe I've never asked that before. But Chris Hemsworth doesn't do anything successful except for Thor stuff. So if I was him, I'd sign on for as much as I could. Awesome! That generated as much conversation as I figured it would. All right. Oh, sorry. No, I mean, the, the photos were interesting. <laughs> I, yeah, I think our our silence spoke volumes. I think we kind of. I can't say I've seen anything besides uh, Ghostbusters. I mean, I just, the Loki in the rain, like him wearing, it's not Loki color. Like it's not, it didn't look like Loki to me. He's, I mean, he's helping the TVA. He's a like detective. Yeah. Time detective. Yeah. That's how it did kind of feel. Yeah. uh, Maybe not. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, So there's set photos. Also, uh, what what was it uh, that Nicole shared with the list of stunt people? There was a stunt character. There was a character revealed in the stunt list. Did you guys miss this? 
I thought it was, oh, uh, Sylvie. But what I found more interesting in that screen grab is that Chris Brewster yeah. is on the list of stunt people for all six episodes. Our is buddy. he really? So I don't know if he's stunting for, I mean, he's much shorter than Tom Hiddleston, but Tom did hang out with Charlie Cox a lot the past year. Um, he might have recommended his stunt guy. That's interesting. I always think of all of these people as being the exact same height. Uh, yeah, I mean, Tom's taller than Charlie. Because in the movies, they always, like, stage them in such ways that they're all, like, equal sight lines and stuff, you know? Yeah. Well, and we were, I mean, I was, you know, because, like, I hang out with some people that are very big fans of Brewski, and yeah, I joked, I was like, when you're upside down, nobody cares how tall you are. Like, right. if you're flipping through the air, who cares if you're... Five two. I mean, like, I guess if you're five two versus six two, it might matter. But you know, if you're five eight and the person you're covering is six two, it doesn't matter as much. Tom Hiddleston is shockingly tall. We went to a like a Avengers prop thing that was in Times Square for a while to like see like they had like lots of costumes and stuff from Marvel, and I was shocked. Scarlett Johansson is really tiny. You know, like, you think she's small, but then when you actually see the costume in real life, she is short. She is, like, she just, she has to weigh, like, 92 pounds. Like, the, the costume was ridiculously small. And you're like, she doesn't look that tiny on camera, you know? I mean, I think the camera really does make people look bigger. Speaking of props. Yeah! Oh, oh that's right. Defenders and Punisher do have a prop sale Dragon coming, right? Bones. I registered guys, for the set auction yesterday. Please don't bid against me on the Dragon Bones. <laughs> please don't. Dude, I've that's already, I've already got my one extremely large <laughs> prop. How big are these bones? I don't care. They don't have the I details have to, up yet. If they come on a truck, that's fine. If I need to get a shed just for the Dragon Ball, that's fine. You're gonna like build a bed like Hulk's bed and throw Ragnarok. It's just like a bunch of Yeah, man. That's, oh, <laughs> that would be awesome. That's I, Take the Dragon Ball and make a release. bed out of them. And they said Defenders props going on sale, and I'm like, oh man, they would never sell the Dragon Ball. Someone probably threw those away, and I'm scrolling, and I click the preview items, and the first thing dead center in the page is Dragon Bones, and I said, oh. Be honest, Rhiannon. If you were dating a guy and you were, you visit his apartment for the first time and he had a dragon bone bed, that would be a little concerning, wouldn't it? I mean, if we hadn't previously talked about the Defenders yeah. and like made it to that part in the discussion, um, yeah, totally, totally, totally concerning. Um, what I think is that I have the reputation of being a like, crazy, irrational television fan, like the the... Netflix Universe fan on this podcast, and Adam is the one with Harold Meacham over his shoulder, wanting the Dragon Bones, wanting like the worst of the Netflix MCU. You think my date's gonna have a problem with a Dragon Bone bed? And I have a portrait of some (laughs) random dude on my wall. You think the Dragon the Dragon Bone bed's at least kind of metal? (laughs) This is some random businessman on my damn wall. Everybody thinks Adam is is yeah. They're like, is that like your your dad, your uncle, like your grandpa, like throwback? Who's that? Uh, some guy. Well, but it's a somewhat famous actor, isn't it? What's his name? Yeah, I don't know. Kind of. Uh, uh, David Wenham. So, Wenham. Do you have a picture of David Wenham on your wall? What is that about? <laughs> I do, yes. 
Yes, we go way back to at least 2016. Somebody walked into my apartment over the past couple of weeks and just looked at the Fogwell sign and just looked at me and was like, well, that's new. (laughs) And I'm like, yes, yes it is. And it will fall on your head. All right. The last little news thing I have, and we'll wrap up. Uh, Hawkeye has new writers. Tanner Bean and Katie Mathewson announced yesterday on Twitter that they're writing on Hawkeye. And David Renner tells us that he's stretching to get ready to be Hawkeye. Do they do they have Jeremy Twitter Renner. handles so that I could tweet at them and say, make him deaf, make him deaf, make him deaf? Yeah, they do have Twitter handles. They yeah. do, and they only have, like, one of them only had 500 followers, I think. All right. All right. I'm going so we'll to slip into those mentions. DMs. As Adam yeah. says. Might as well, yeah. Hell yeah. Send them my wish list. Awesome. Any other thoughts about that? I didn't think there would be much. Nope. See, Hawkeye is happening. Yeah. Yep. And you're probably not with Haley Steinfeld. Jeremy Renner is still Hawkeye. Wake me up when they cast Lucky the Pizza Dog. Yes. My parents have a yellow lab. I wonder if they're gonna have like casting auditions. Um, in Outlander, but he has both eyes. In Outlander, there's a major character that's a dog, and they selected as a puppy, and like raised that dog to be the cast member. Like from day one, it was trained to be an actor dog. But I mean, your parents' yellow lab probably was raised with the same mindset. So, plus it's an island, so right, I mean, it's right. legit. All right, I'm gonna read through comments. Uh, we'll do mailbag quickly over on the website. Preto. Uh, Rhiannon is spot on. Marvel female heroes are just unwilling to make them as fun, flawed, and entertainingly messed up as the boy heroes. Wasp and Gamora are forced to be wet blankets for goofy guy partners. Wasp is all business. Look at that haircut. <laughs> Black Widow plays the mother hen. Uh, case in point is Valkyrie. Taika made her a delightfully drunken, brawling brute. And Endgrain, the Russos, made her the responsible one. In the end, Thor puts her in charge because he spent five years on a drunken binge of self-pity. Did he forget that in Ragnarok, Valkyrie just spent five centuries in the exact same situation? At least Thor never started catching and trading slaves. Uh, that's all pretty good stuff. Also, he mentions yeah. Spider-Woman. Um, that Apparently, Sony only owns the word Spider-Woman. Jessica Drew's origin story, supporting cast, and major storylines are all Marvel. So uh, that would mean that they really would have to work, I think, with Marvel to make that happen. Um... Love Waffle thought Birds of Prey wasn't doing well because it was a sequel to Suicide Squad, which is just a disliked movie. Uh, and so audiences were not very forgiving. Um, and he thinks it's doing poorly just for the same reason Justice League is doing poorly. It's not the R rating. It's that people don't like it. Um, and Dave was thinking that he doesn't think the new Sony movie will be Spider-Woman because he doesn't think that Marvel would want to do something that quickly. Uh, it's too aggressive, uh, too aggressive on the timeline. Uh, he thinks Mackenzie Davis should be She-Hulk. I have no idea who Mackenzie Davis is, but we'll look that up. San uh, Junipero. Oh, the the other one in San Junipero. Glasses one, yes. Gotcha. Um, cool. And that's about it. Uh, I didn't look at the Twitter, but we'll get to it sometime. I don't think there's anything significant. All right. Thanks for listening to the podcast, guys. We'll uh, see you around next time.